Hello, Molo, Sawbona, Jumbo, and welcome to Every Nation Durban. We are part of a global family of churches with a purpose to honor God by establishing Christ-centered, spirit-empowered, socially responsible churches and campus ministries in every nation. You can find us in big cities like London, New York, Paris, and Joburg. You can also find us in nations like Bangladesh, Botswana, China, and even Hawaii. In Durban, we have a local vision of being a healthy church that starts other healthy churches. Our mission is reach, disciple, impact. We want to reach every person, every campus, and every nation. Join this mission to honor God and advance the kingdom. Super. Oh, I think everybody should just go. Oh. Oh. I tell you, we've got a big truck. I think we could take two or three of them home, man. Just what beautiful, beautiful children. It's so great just to see the next generation coming up. Amen. In the admonition of the Lord. In the spirit of a house that loves them. And it really is important as a family that we love these children and we want to see them grow. Amen. Amen. Um, John and I have had the privilege of speaking in groups and churches from Norway through Nigeria to New Zealand. And that's pretty much in between. But I want to tell you that God has a very special place for Durban. There is something coming out of this church that is impacting. Langer and I were speaking last night about the hope of the next generation. Yeah. So we see the young people coming out of Durban. They're going into the highways. They're going into the byways. And it's almost like you're... A, we were watching a, a, the planes doing bumps and landings last night, the little planes. It's like the, the people come in here, they do the bumps, and then you send them out again. They do the bumps, you send them out again. I want to tell you, we have met people out of this church all over the world. And there is something, something that God is doing here. Your worship is pure. It's not, it's not a performance. It's a God-honoring worship. Your word is strong. It's not fluff on the end of a <laughs> end of a little sermon. The word is paramount here. And you if you will do the connect and the grow and the serve thing here, you will see God do more in your life than you could ask or think or imagine. Do you receive it? God says that amen. God's into doing something very new. And I think it's, we're in a place as a country, as a world, where actually we say, well, what now? What now? What is going to happen? What is the next thing on our plate? And the world has been receiving quite a few sort of nudges that we need to line up with the Word of God over the last few months, be it an earthquake, even a volcano, I mean, my goodness, and perhaps, you know, um, 
wave number three. <laughs> Can I have a wave, please? <laughs> That's about That's all. That's the wave we're going to have. About that. <laughs> we'll just have a little wave. <laughs> But the entire world is in flux. And I believe the Lord is turning the world upside down so he can rebuild his church. But not the way that we build church. He will build his church. But for each one of us, this last 15 months has not always been terribly easy. Has everybody had a really smooth ride <laughs> through the last 15 months, you know? How many of you have been with your husband or wife and you think, Lord, if I see them again, I think I might kill them. <laughs> There he is again. <laughs> you know, lockdown can have some pressures that come with it. But it's tested us. It's tested us. But we shouldn't be surprised. Jesus said this, These things I have spoken to you that in me you may have peace. In the world, now this is from the Amplified, it says, you will have tribulation, pressure, oppression, stress, <laughs> anguish, squashing. Anybody felt squashed lately? Squeezing at distress. But be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You know, when John and I were growing up in the dark ages, we were the two in the boat, um, they, used to, they used to test the IQ, intelligence quota. It didn't really do much good, <laughs> whether you passed or failed. Then more recently, our kids have been uh, tested for their EQ, their emotional cue quotient. But right now, the thing that you and I and everybody needs is AQ, and that's your adaptability quotient. We have been called to adapt at this moment. You know, if we'd come in here a couple of years ago, this wouldn't have all been happening. You wouldn't have had the online services, and you sure wouldn't have been all looking at me with these funny masks. But we're adapting. Businesses have had to adapt. Work has had to adapt. We've all gone Zoom. We've all done all sorts of things. And the buzzword is that we pivot. We now pivot. We pivot here. We pivot there. We change, we change the form of our company. We change the way we do business. But as we were thinking about this, so last week we were actually in a church in Cape Town. And before we went in, we were in Kirsten Bosch Gardens. And the, a, a storm started. And some of those big trees, they were being blown this way and that way. And the leaves, although the big, the big water was coming down, the leaves were still standing. And in, uh, in Psalm 1, verse 1, it says, Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners nor sits in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth its fruit in season, whose leaf also shall not wither, and whatever he does shall prosper. Knox, quickly, pop your things down, I need you as a prop. 
you find the millers have always got props. Okay, so let's just imagine that this beautiful Knox is a tree. And she's being buffeted by the wind. Be buffeted, be buffeted, yes. You see, she's, oh, very good. And then she, and then she gets pushed backwards because it's being buffeted. This is her pivoting. But you see what's happened is her feet have remained firmly planted by the rivers of water. There are certain things that we have to be adaptable about, but we do not change the message. We keep the message the same. The method may change, but the message remains the same. And then we grow and we have fruit, we have PhDs, we have children who can play the musical instruments, we have gorgeous kids, and we eventually get our masters. Hallelujah. You may. Yeah, I tell you what, that was a great tree. A really wonderful tree. <laughs> The picture I kind of had of that thing was that if you've gone to a petrol station, have you ever seen one of those things where they blow up and it goes... <laughs> like that. But the thing is that as long as there's air coming in, it'll stay up. The minute that you take the air away, it just goes... Poof. What is the word? It is that air that's pushing into us. What is the spirit? It's the spirit of God blowing into us to keep us straight. Good, John. That's good. And I'm telling you that many years back, 2000 or so, there was a guy called Peter, who we all know from the Bible. Now, this guy, I really like him because I can relate to him. I think he had the same language I had before I got saved as well. It was, I lost three quarters of my vocabulary when I got saved, you know. Anybody else like that? And yet, he was, although he had lots of bravado, he was always the guy to, it's, he's the strong guy. He was also weak. He had a problem that when he got into a tight spot, he denied Christ three times. I mean, he, was, he even was not able to stand up to a serving girl. But yet, in the midst of that, these disciples remembered what Jesus had told them. He said, wait, you will receive power. In the midst of turmoil. I want to say to you, church, wait. You will receive power in the middle of turmoil. It's coming. Acts 1.8 says, But you shall receive power. Say, I shall receive power. When the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem, and in all of Judea, and Samaria, and Durban, and KwaZulu-Natal, and wherever else you are sent to the end of the earth. And after they were filled with the Holy Spirit, things dramatically changed. And Peter was the one, this guy who denied Christ, he was the one who stood up and gave the most eloquent speech, a sermon deluxe, with the result of 3,000 people coming to God. 
I mean, that is just amazing. But how do you sustain that? How do you bring that through to the next level? And in Acts 2 verse 42, this is what we really want to concentrate on this morning. It says, And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship in the breaking of bread and in prayers. I'm going to read it again. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship in the breaking of bread and in prayers. They turned the world upside down using four things. We have a world that is upside down, inside out, and doesn't know how to deal with anything anymore. It is a great opportunity for four fundamental aspects to be at work again. And in fact, every revival all the way through history has acted on these. 80 to 100 generations have passed since Peter giving that sermon. 80 to 100 generations. We're the next generation. And we need to pick up on these four things. Ready? Being steadfast in the Apostles' Doctrine, in fellowship, the breaking of bread, and prayer. So what is the Apostles' Doctrine? What does that mean? It basically means the teachings of Christ. We need to know the teachings of Christ. We need to be people of the Word and not just people of an experience. Come on, John. It's the word that it has to live within us. It's the word that's going to blow us up and keep us erect. We don't wave around like that stupid thing outside the garage. And there's something which I want us to do this morning, is to understand what the apostles' doctrine is. And many years ago, there was something written, it came out of, out of the scriptures, it is called the Apostles' Creed. Now, and if you come from an uh, Anglican background or a Roman Catholic background or Methodist background, I mean, most of us came from those roots. You probably said this 10,000 million times. Every service you would say this Apostles' Creed. I see all these nodding heads. <laughs> and yet sometimes we didn't really believe it. It was something we But I want us to stand this morning and we're going to say the Apostles' Creed. And we're going to say it like we mean it. Because it encapsulates everything we need for this next season. Are you ready? I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. He suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried, and he descended into hell. On the third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended to heaven and is seated at the right hand of God, the Father Almighty. From there he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and life everlasting. Amen. Let's 
give the Lord a hand for that. Then you may be seated. And just to, to say that the, Christ, the Catholic Church there doesn't mean the, the Roman Catholic Church. It means the Catholic, which is the entire church of all times and of all places. That's actually what it means. But we need to do four things with it. We need to believe it. We need to receive it. We need to live it. And we need to preach it. Let's say it together. Believe it. Believe it. Receive it. Receive it. Live it. Live it. And preach it. Preach it. In John 1, 4, verse 34, Jesus said to them, My food is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. Hmm. Encounters with the Holy Spirit of God will give you power and and the ability to be a witness along the way. The Holy Spirit will teach you in the way you should go, but it is the Word that gives you the direction. The Holy Spirit will help you get there, but it's the Word that will give you the direction. If you don't have the Word, you don't know where you're going. And you have to make Jesus Christ both your Lord and your Christ. Acts 2 verse 36 says, Therefore, let all the house of Israel know assuredly that God has made this Jesus, whom you crucified, both Lord and Christ. Is he Lord and Christ of your life? Is he both of those things? And what we need to do is to emulate what the disciples did. It says that they did it steadfastly. Steadfastly. And that means it's immovable. It means I'm convicted by what we're doing. I'm convicted of the word. I'm convicted of what we need to, to do. And it also means no turning back. You cannot turn back on this walk. Once you put your foot out and you take hold of the gospel, you have to go forward. Don't turn back. I used to be terrified of that. <laughs> you saw what happened there. When we were, we were, God was wrestling with me in particular about leaving um, the business world and becoming full-time ministers, going to Bible school full-time. And this scripture was uh, Luke 9:62. No one, no one, having put his hand to the plow and turning back is fit for the kingdom of God. And then it goes on to say it would be better if a millstone were tied around his neck. And I tell you to this day, it still puts the fear of God into me. So it's a one-way ticket, guys. It's like you can't go back in time. You can't go back from the call of God on your life. I know sometimes we go faster, our tanks are full. Sometimes our tanks seem a bit spluttery. But we're going for Jesus. He's the author, the developer, the finisher of our faith. Who's with me? So, it's the doctrine, it's the teachings of the apostles. But it also is the fellowship. Fellowship is such an important thing. 
It's the importance of meeting. It's the importance of getting together. It's the importance of hospitality. And it's critical in our walk with Jesus. And it is critical for the world to understand that we have a message that is important for them too. It is a place where iron can sharpen iron. That we can help one another to do better, to do more, to do greater exploits for him. And we need to let people know that our lives are opening up to others. We need to witness God. And we witness, we witness about the Lord Jesus Christ through the fellowship that we have with other people. The opportunities right now are huge. There are desperate people who have nowhere else to go. And that word fellowship is from that word kononia. And I love what it means. It means sharing unity. It means partnership. It means participation. And it means a communion or a fellowship of getting together. Let us be people who want to fellowship with others, particularly those who do not know Jesus. And the world's doing a new thing at the moment. We were talking last night, um, John and I watched the Alpha Leadership Conference online. Normally they pack out the uh, Albert Hall in London. I don't know how many people that takes, but it's a lot. And of course nobody could fly, nobody could go into this place, so they decided to put it online. They had over 140 nations keyed in to their conference. They were, we were in the Africa chat room. And in the Africa chat room, it went from sort of Cairo right down to Cape Town and from Syria alone to Uganda. It was everybody in Africa. You start to get a glimpse of what God's doing. Yeah. They were, he, he says, this gospel shall be preached in all the earth and then the end will come. And you know, during that conference, Nicky Gamble, who designed Alpha, he's an Anglican minister in the UK, he said, oh, when they started this lockdown thing, he said, now what are we going to do about the Alpha courses? And the young people around him, listen to the young voices, we have to, you know, they, they, they've got a new thing happening. And they're very au fait with what's happening in the world. So the young people around him said, well, let's put Alpha online. He said, do you think it'll work, Alpha Online? In the first year of lockdown, they recorded and named, they can name, 1.3 million people who signed up for Alpha. 1.3 million! That is awesome! That is making a huge difference. You know, people, they may not come through these doors, but they're quite comfortable with doing the, the let's go online thing. 24-7, you've got a, a fantastic uh, prayer room. 24-7 is established in half the nations of the world. People are, are doing a new thing. I've said this before, but, you know, back in whenever, light was brought by candles. Then, you know, want a bit more light, we have a few more candles. We have one higher light, we have a candelabra, we, etc. But if you want something more, you have to change your thinking. So this morning we've got electric lights there, we've got big lights here for the, for the, presumably for the television or the online. It's a, that's not a big candle. 
That's a new idea. Yeah. As you pivot, whether it's in whatever your profession is or whatever you're doing in your family, you're going to pivot, and it's not old idea expanded or a bit higher. It's new idea. Yeah. Father, give us new ideas. Yes. Give us new ideas. Each yeah. of us is unique, and you speak to each one individually. Yeah. So whether it's in our financial realm, whether it's in the business realm, whether it's in the church community, give us your plans. Your ways are higher than our ways. Your thoughts are so much better than ours. So we receive them in Jesus' yeah. name. Amen. Yeah. Amen. So we've looked together at the four areas. The, well, we've looked at the first two, the Apostles' Doctrine and Fellowship. I think I'm going on here. Can I mention I right? something? I just, want to, I just want to mention something. You know, when you talked about the Alpha thing, I was really struck. How many of you watched, watched The Chosen? Yeah. Who's watched The Chosen? You know, shame the thing is, the that, look, we, we all know. <laughs> yeah, shame for the rest of you. I'm sorry. Anyway. But listen, just get on there, get on and do it, because I'm telling you, it is such an entire, incredibly powerful tool to bring the gospel, because it's, it's actually, it's a soapy. It's a soapy about Jesus, and it's a lot better than neighbors, or what, I don't know, what's that, I mean, yeah, I know, one of those, yeah, see, it's in the land, yeah, I'm, I mean, please, this is, this is a soapy with meaning. Mm. And it is full of the gospel. Yeah. And you know that recently we had a look on the other day. Yeah, last night. It was 180 million viewers. 180 million. That's more than when the Queen got married. (laughs) That's a lot of people. 180 million. But you know what? You could invite your friends in to watch that. Yeah. You can, you, whether they're saved or unsaved, you can have a, a chosen party. And you know what? It's free. <laughs> it's free. Uh, uh, I mean, you could buy lots of friends. They can bring the food. Okay. So what God is doing is there's a new unity, there's new ways. And so our third area is breaking of bread. I'm looking around going, hmm, not sure where it is. Okay. I want to read about the breaking of the bread it says in 1 Corinthians 11 it says for I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you that the Lord Jesus Christ on the same night in which he was betrayed took bread and when he had given thanks he broke it we're going to take bread this morning how many of you have ever been betrayed Okay, we've got our feet in the air. On the same night, Jesus was betrayed from one of his disciples, Nochal. He gave thanks. Yes, that is huge. That is huge. If Jesus is our example in everything, we give thanks as we break bread. It says, take, eat, this is my body which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And in the same manner, he also took the cup after supper, saying, take this cup is the new covenant in my blood. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. Now listen, 
because this is what I'm asking all of us to do this morning. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death till he comes. Therefore, whenever you see a therefore in the Bible, you want to know what it's there for. This is the reason it's there. Whoever eats this bread or drinks this cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of the body and the blood of the Lord. Let a man or a woman examine themselves, and so let him eat the bread and drink of the cup. For he who eats and drinks in an unworthy manner eats and drinks judgment to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. And for this reason, many are weak and sick among you, and many sleep. This morning we're going to take, this is not the end of the service, we're going to pause now, The ushers are handing out the communion elements. And we are going to take the communion elements in our hands. And then we're going to examine ourselves. We're going to examine ourselves. We're going to ask, if if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So we're going to take that moment to examine ourselves. And then, if you have been betrayed... This is between you and God. I want you to give thanks. Because his blood is sufficient. His grace is sufficient. He will set you free from the betrayal as you give give thanks this morning. So let's, has everybody got the elements? Let's take of the bread. Lord, we thank you for your body broken for us you took those stripes Mm. you wore the you wore the crown of thorns you hung on a cross and you died Mm. your body was broken for us to pass Mm. from life to death Mm. we take we eat we remember and we give thanks Partake. The blood of Jesus. The blood of Jesus is there for the forgiveness of sins. The blood of Jesus is to wash us. The blood of Jesus is also for power. There is power in his blood. There is power that we can call on. It is his power that heals. So as we partake this blood this morning, let us ask the Lord to empower us through the Holy Spirit, through his blood, that we can give out to a lost and dying generation the love of Christ. Amen. Let's partake the blood this morning. Amen. We'll collect those up later. And we go to the final part. And we say prayer. Prayer. Pray without ceasing. You know, some of those prayers 
are along the line of help. Anybody ever else? Anybody else ever prayed that one? Help. Or sometimes they're a bit more. <laughs> they're a bit more refined. Twenty-four-seven. They suggest, and I have found it to be extremely good, that we take the word pray, and first of all, we pause. In the busyness of life, it's so easy to go into God and go, "Okay, Lord, I've, I'm here again. It's me, and I need, and I need, and I want, and I could have had, and, and then we run out again." But if we pause and we stop and we say, "Lord, Lord, Lord, I'm here. I'm here." And you just breathe in. Maybe you breathe into the Durban air and look around you and you just see all these amazing people, these smiling people. Very smiley place, Durbs. Um, do you see the amazing scenery or go by the sea? Just pause. We pause. Then we rejoice and we say, Lord, you're good. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. We say, Lord, you're so good. Lord, we're so grateful. Oh, Lord, when the rest of the world doesn't hear me, your ears are always open to the cry of the righteous. I am so glad that I get to talk to you day after day. And then we can go to ask. And finally, we yield. You know, it's no good saying, well, Lord, I've got a neighbor. She's really lonely. Won't you send somebody to speak to my neighbor? And God's going, duh. <laughs> duh. Just go. Yield. That you are often... Sorry, I'm too near a monitor. You're often the answer to your own prayers. Pick up thy bed and walk. <laughs> when, when we uh, talk about 24-7 prayer, I'm just so so grateful we see 24-7 prayer here and maybe if you're watching today and you're in Durban or in the surrounding area this prayer room is not just for this church, this prayer room is for all, all Christians throughout this entire city and around and the people must just come here and pray and there's something about coming to a room which is prayed in continually there is an anointing there there is a resource there that you can really build up your we can see answered prayer for our entire city. So if, if you're out there and you're not from this church or from another church or you're not going to church and you need to pray, come here and you can pray. You can get there. So in the end, what now is answered by, well, what must we do? What are we got to do? And that was the question that was asked all those 2,000 years ago. In Acts 2 verse 37 it says this, Now when they heard this, which was Peter's sermon, they were cut to the heart. And they said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, Brothers, what shall we do? And Peter said to them, Repent, be baptized, every one of you, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promise is for you and for your children and for all who are far off. You are far off. Hmm. Okay? Everyone whom the Lord our God calls to himself. 
So what is the key to revival? What is the key to see things happening? Simple. Repent, be baptized, and receive the Holy Spirit. One, two, three. A, B, C. That's what it is. And what is the fruit of that revival? What do we see? And in Romans 14, verse 17, it says this, For the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking, but righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Three amazing things from three keys. The keys will open the door and we will receive righteousness, peace, and joy. This church is known as a church, as a church of justice. Justice happens here. This is a place where, I don't know about you, but you get peace for your soul. But also, you have a good laugh. <laughs> you have joy in your heart. This is a joyful place. And this is where I believe that we need to get filled up. You see, you need to be fill your tank with the Holy Spirit. You need to be ignited. You can't just have empty on the gauge. You need to be a spiritual tank, not a septic tank. <laughs> oh, that's a word now. But the first thing is, you need to receive Christ. You need to receive Christ. You need to listen and say, what must I do? And if you've never done that first thing of repenting, receiving Him as Lord, now's your moment. So let's just bow our heads in here this morning. Father, we just thank you for your word. It is clear, it is simple, it is true. Nothing has changed. Nothing has changed. All the way through from the first church. You have the answer and it's encapsulated in what we've spoken about. And the first thing is to receive Christ. And right now if that is you and you've not received Jesus as your Lord. Yield to him this morning. Yield. Yield. Allow your life to be absolutely flooded with his presence. Acknowledge him as Lord and Christ of your life. If that's you in this room, maybe you just want to wave at me so I know who we're praying for this morning. Just wave at me and say, yeah, that's me. Or maybe, you know what? You're just dried up and you know you need God in your life. Look at me. How many of you have got one of these in your hand or your pocket or somewhere? How many of you put it on charge last night? Yeah. Yeah. Too many Christians are like a cell phone and they go yeah I know my batteries are running low but I'll just open three more apps and I'll, I'll just send a few more messages 
I know the battery is 10% power and it's told me to plug in, but oh, you know what, I, I, I just need to Google something. As Christians, we cannot keep on doing unless we go back to get recharged. Yeah. You receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And I know, not because I know you, but I know God, I know there's people here that they need to plug in. And I don't know whether I'm out of order here, but maybe we could get Lungi. Is Lungi around to sing? As the deer pants for the water. We're going to ask. Is that okay, Lung? Um, As the deer pants for the water. You know, I'm always saying to my husband, have you got water in the car for me? Have you got water in the car? I get extremely thirsty in the in the car and if I haven't got water I get a headache if we do not pant for the living God we will dry up and we may be able to open a few apps we may be able to do a bit more but it's empty the power has gone the power has gone so the word of God says in Ephesians it's up here somewhere it says um, have you got that one there no It says in the Amplified, and don't get drunk with wine, for that's wickedness, corruption, and stupidity. Okay, let's use that word. It's corruption and... Stupidity. Stupidity. But be filled with the Holy Spirit and constantly guided by Him. We're going to take just two minutes. We're slightly over time. We're going to just take two minutes. Thank you for joining Church Online today. We hope that you were inspired and challenged by today's message. We would like to encourage you to join one of our connect groups where you can make friends and discuss the word further. You can message us on 072-606-6747 to join a connect group or to send us any prayer needs you might have. To give your tithes and offering, please visit our website www.endurban.org to get our bank details and zapper code. Have a safe and blessed week.